As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. I'm Matt Goldman. And I'm Michael Sacco. Today we talk to Rob Meadows, the CEO of Originate. So Matt, what was your biggest takeaway from this conversation? So with Originate, what they do is they place technology, design, and business people on startup teams to try to get them off on a good start. And we asked him of all the teams that they work with, what do they see that the companies could be doing better in the early days? And he had a really cool perspective about doing the one thing that's unique to you like what's the advantage that you have over everyone else in the space that you're working in yeah i actually liked how he even related it to your market so if you're in san francisco and you're building a twitter tool you have a unique advantage because you're you could be sitting right next to twitter whereas if you're in nashville 
you know, maybe look for something in that market that's unique to you, because then you will have an unfair advantage that no one else in the country can can kind of take from you. Yeah. So and, I love that. And for some people, there's advantages to being in San Francisco or to working with a specific company. And for others, there's advantages elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it. We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to CodeShip.com slash RocketShip to get 20% off three months. We'd also like to thank InVision app. InVision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. I can personally say I can't imagine delivering another design comp without it. Go to InVisionApp.com forward slash RocketShip and sign up to get their starter plan free for 90 days. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to customer.io slash rocketship to start sending emails that convert. So Rob, tell us a bit about Originate. So Originate was founded in 2007 with the goal of bringing together venture and software development under the same roof. And we've evolved since then to also add product and design within that mix. We really are the ultimate partner to anybody who's creating something new. And we, we work alongside, you know, visionary founders and brilliant engineers and, you know, creative business people to help basically create that vision into an actual software product. And then we share in the upside of that through equity, rev share, other creative alignment structures. Now, when I had an agency, this was a model that we would have loved to do. We just couldn't figure out how we could afford to fund it, I guess, in the early days. I'd love to hear about how you guys got started with some of your first customers. Yeah, this is a, a tough model to pull off, and, and we see a lot of people go after it from, from various directions, from you know peer incubator to VCs trying to hire you know, product and design and, and developers to agencies trying to take equity upside or, or create their own thing. So, you know, I, I won't claim that we have it 100% figured out, but we've managed to scale it to 140-ish people now. So we're, we're getting close. But yeah, when we started, uh, the trick, I think, of this model is to truly think of yourself as a fund. And, you know, we, we were fortunate when we started. I had just had a a significant exit and, and the other partners that, that came in and joined shortly thereafter had had some good successes behind them. So we were able to really start with the idea that, you know, even if we are doing work that feels like agency work, we're truly at the core of, of the company, a fund. And we think in terms of investment, where are we investing our, our time and money and what returns should we be getting for that investment? So how long is like your investment to reward cycle typically? So we try to create a, a diversified portfolio of, you know, some 10 year home runs. This could be the next trillion dollar company types of, of ventures and others that have a, a very short horizon to return on, on our investment, you know, months or years, but may not be that, that big of a return, but are safer bets. So we, we do a good mix of all of those. And, and we actually have a, a good mix of the stage of companies that we partner with as well from, you know, idea on a napkin all the way up to, we already have three successful products in market and we're ready to build our fourth and everything in between. And so, like you said, you have what, 170 employees now? Not quite there. We're, 100 and, we're close to 150 right now. So okay, nice. 
We're growing quickly. Still pretty significant. Yeah. Time you air this, we may well be at 100 seconds. <laughs> so what's the advantage of investing with, with developer talent over just putting in capital? Yeah, from, a, from an investor hat, I think it's a much safer investment, at least the capital that we're putting in, which goes to pay salary, is not into the, the bank account of the companies that we work with. At least that's not going to be spent on building bad technology. We've hired the best of the best developers, designers, product people, project managers out there. So we know we're not going to screw up the venture on the quality of the work. There's a million other ways to screw up the venture, but at least that's one level of risk that we've taken out of our investment. And the other side of it, I actually think we get to add a lot more value to the equation than, than just throwing money over the fence would add. You know, building a, a software product or an app is, is hard to do well and hard to find the, the talent and methodologies to, to do it well. So it, it's something that we can bring to the table as an investor that hopefully is, is worth more than just the cash that we have that's behind it. Yeah. So what, um, what's one of your favorite projects that you guys have done? That's tough. You're making me choose. (laughs) Or maybe a couple. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, we, it's an interesting business. And and part of the reason why we're able to attract such great talent is there's so many different domains and technologies and business models that we're working in at at any given time that you you really get a a diverse, a diverse uh, experience there for the engineers and, and designers that are part of the team. So you know, we, we did something, you know, there's new industries to discover. So one of my favorites was a project that we did in the food safety technology space, which I now know more about table legs than I thought I would ever know. The, the whole supply chain of from the minute a chicken lays an egg to how it gets on the shelf at a, a big store like Walmart, you know, everything that happens in between, how can we use technology to make it safer, more transparent to the end consumer, et cetera. So, so getting into those types of projects where we know nothing about the domain, our partners come to the table with decades of experience in those domains. Those are, those are usually the most fun ones because we're, we're translating you know, two languages and, and figuring out the intersection of those two in a, a technology product. It's always fascinating when you get to dive into a new industry. There's so much research to do. So that's you guys get to do that over and over again, which is, I think, the really attractive part and why a lot of people might pursue this model. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it really is the never-ending startup. You know, most people here love the startup culture and environment, but by the time you're on V3, V4 of a product, you, you've stopped learning so much, you know, new things about the domain. But, you know, as opposed to pure consulting model, it, it's nice to also have the upside in all of these things you've learned along the way and, and see that come back around. So do you have a consistent team that you're bringing into these companies with, you know, X number of developers, designers, product managers, or is it just dependent on what they need? Yeah, I mean, there's there's consistent themes to the teams. You know, we've we've done projects with three people. We've done projects with 25 people. And, you know, it, it, it's just a, a matter of scale and speed and, and complexity of what we're solving. But, you know, there's always a we have a product design group here, which is product user experience, visual design, UX research, you know, all of those disciplines combined. Every project has a, a product design person 
every project has a, a tech lead, which combines engineering and software and architecture and all the best practices to build a modern, scalable, secure product. And then every project has a solutions delivery person, which combines the business, the strategy, you know, the process that we're going to go through to deliver it on time, on budget, you know, all of that. So that's kind of in a, in a new venture. It's your CEO, your CTO, and your chief creative officer that kind of the three of those, those leaders together drive the project. So each of those could be an individual contributor on a, a project and work together to deliver it, or those can each have a whole team under them of, of people from our, our staff globally that have the right skill sets or, or abilities to deliver. But we, we always think in those three, that that's really the, the three schools of the company, the, the venture side, you know, are we building something that we believe will be valuable? Are we the, the design side? Are we building something that's useful and usable and beautiful? And then technology side, are we building something that, is using the right technology and and scaling well in the world. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. Before um, we kind of hit record, we talked a little bit about what is a startup because you guys kind of have this hybrid model um, and I was trying to figure out where you where you fit. And I, I'd love to get your opinion on what you see as like a product startup versus a service startup um, and where you guys fit in that landscape. Yeah, and, and that's a that's a question we think about a lot of times here. And, and you know, when I started Originate in two thousand seven, I had gone through a very traditional path, minus maybe taking venture money in my previous company. I had you know come up with an idea and recruited a few people that could get behind it and and bootstrapped it as far as we could and put it out in the world and went through an acquisition and and did that. So it was very much your we started this in a garage. I mean, we, we literally started it with a server in our closet type of thing. And, and that's fun, you know, and I, I think that's what a lot of people envision as your, your typical startup and, you know, the other path you go on and get VC funding. We went through the, the pitches and got term sheets and, you know, ultimately decided to, to sell the company instead. But it, as the world evolves, the barrier to entry to that is, is going down you know, exponentially, you know, to, we, we had a server in our closet because it would have been thousands of dollars a month to put a server in a data center. And, you know, now it's free on Heroku to, to spin up a server and test it on a few users. So the open source, you know, software that's out there, the frameworks, you know, the, the languages that have been developed, the design tools, you can, you can create a new app or a new product or a new website for really just investing your time and doing a little learning. So that's created, you know, you layer onto that the new funding models with crowdfunding and, and angel funding and these areas, you know, there, it really is easier than ever to start a new venture company for, for that sense. So what that has done is it's really flooded the market with, it's great, a lot of great ideas out there, but a lot of duplicates of the same ideas. So 
you know, just on sheer odds of success, it, that any particular idea or market is, is much harder to penetrate now based, based on all the competition. So if you look at what it really takes to be successful with a, a new product in the world, you need to de-risk the, the product itself. Are you building something that people will actually use and like? You need to de-risk the technology. Are you building something that will actually work once people start using it technically? And that's really what Originate's focused on um, as our core value. But then you have to go de-risk the market. Is there actually a market for this? Are people going to pay money? And then there's the, the funding risk. Can you actually get raise the money behind it to grow it or go do advertising or the things you need to do to acquire users? So we've really narrowed in on those last two for our partners. Let, let's work with partners. If we can de-risk the product and the, the technology, let's find partners that can de-risk the market and the funding. And if you look at it through that lens, the bigger enterprises actually start to be in a better position to create the, the next generation of startups, if you will. They, they have massive sales teams and relationships with existing customers and no shortage of funding it as long as they're, they're successful. So their, their big inhibitor is can they think like a startup and, and act like a startup in terms of the product and technology, and that's traditionally been hard. So we're exploring these next generation, whether it's joint ventures or spin-ins or spin-outs or, or partnerships that we can put in place with companies that are, have already de-risked the, the market and the funding side of it to see if we can go out and create that next generation of startup. So, you know, at the end of the day, you still need, you need those entrepreneurs, whether they come from the big company or the startup world to, to be part of that. But that's kind of where we're where we're looking at the world heading here as, as we move into the next five years of, of creating new products. I would love to hear uh, a bit about when you guys get like a new startup to come through, what is your process to, I guess, value that company or see like, is this something that we want to work with? Um, how do you look at the market and how do you, do you get partners first and then, and then go and build it? Or is this something where you're building and constantly looking for partners, hoping that you'll catch up? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it, it, you know, most traditional investors will say, you know, start with the team. We look for the team first, you know, people that we believe in and want to bet in because they're going to they're going to iterate and learn and, and go. And, and that, for the most part, remains true. I mean, a big core value of Originate is is just being surrounded by extraordinary people, hiring extraordinary people, working with with amazing partners that, that we think are just great people. But beyond that, you know, how we, we value it. We, we find people we want to work with, problems that we believe need to be solved. And, you know, there, there's a lot of other criteria that go into it. You know, is, is there an opportunity to build a business around it, make money? You know, is it an interesting challenge? Is there enough barrier to entry? all of those types of things. Um, so we, we probably do 80% of our deal flow that, that we look at is inbound and maybe 20% of it is, is outbound where, where a group of people here will say, you know, we're really excited right now about what's happening in, you know, personal health or, or you know, quantified self-space here's some interesting ideas that, that I wonder what people are doing around that. So we'll go out and we'll talk to big enterprises. We'll go talk to venture capitalists. We'll go talk to the startups in that space and we'll look for a, a place we can play. 
what we don't do is try to create the whole company on our own. There, there's a reason why the incubator, traditional incubator model doesn't work. And it's, it's simply that we can't focus on all of the parts of all of those businesses. It, it's too spread thin. Interesting. We still need those partners that can go out there and bet everything on solving this one problem. And, and we want to work with them. But, but, you know, we need to seek out that right person. So you have kind of a unique perspective where you get to see hundreds of startups start and grow kind of under, under, your, under your wings. Is there a piece of advice that you would give founders just getting started? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the biggest piece of advice that, that I could give, and, you know, it's, it's probably different advice depending on what city you're in. You know, my advice in Silicon Valley is, get out there and start talking to people as fast as you can about your idea. Don't, don't worry about who's going to steal your idea. That, that, that always, that always hurts you more than it helps you to, to be afraid of talking about it. And, and I think that's generally true everywhere, but my bigger piece of advice I would give to people kind of outside of Silicon Valley or, you know, even, even some of the, the key tech hubs is figure out in in your environment what is it that in your city and your community what is it that gives you this differentiator if you're going to go um, compete with a, a startup that's that's in Silicon Valley why do you have a competitive advantage there that they don't it it's tough for the pitches that I see in Europe or in you know Las Vegas they're going to go build this this feature for Twitter or this add-on to Twitter. And I know there's 10 companies in Twitter's building sitting right next door to them doing the same thing. So it, it's hard yeah. without that, that, that proximity or that, that kind of knowledge of, of that industry intimately to do that. So, but I, I think there's a lot of great entrepreneurs out there in cities that have a, a unique domain that, that they have experience in that, that they're not trying to leverage. Don't just do what everybody else is doing. Do what gives you a competitive advantage. Yeah, that's um, incredibly refreshing and and awesome to hear from outside of Silicon Valley um, that perspective because I think there's advantages in every city across America, but we don't often focus on them. So that's that's awesome. So where can we keep up with you and Originate online? Yeah, originate.com is our home for all the content we put out there. You know, the developers, of course, have to have a separate developer blog that isn't cluttered with all the business content that we might put out there. So that's just blog.originate.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Originate Labs and on Facebook at Originate. Cool. Well, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you, guys. And uh, have a great weekend. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, where twice monthly we send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's rocketship.fm. Sign up today.